Welcome to the second episode of the second season of the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast. I'm excited today to take you behind the scenes with venison for dinner. Kate went into so many details when I recorded this with her just a few hours ago here in my office that I wasn't even expecting. So many great tips if possibly being a content creator is something you're interested in and so many neat insights into her family and her homestead. So take a listen. And be sure to head over to solelyrested.com slash create for more information on this topic, what it's like being a content creator and how you can do it successfully. In fact, you'll find an itemized list that Kate goes through today, all typed out of her nine tips for success as a content creator. Find it at solelyrested.com slash create. Oh, you know, one more thing before we dive in, I feel like I should explain the reason that I decided to create this whole season around this theme. I heard last month that as many as 200,000 small businesses went under in 2020. Take a second to think about that number. But I really believe We can turn this around, guys, and I see it as two different things that we can do. First of all, by figuring out ways that we can be more purposeful with our entrepreneurial mindset ourselves, which is what I'm hoping this season of my podcast will help us with. And also, the second thing, by truly making an effort to support the really great small family-owned and operated businesses that are still open, which is why I created a long list of coupons over at solelyrested.com slash coupons. Not just like as a gift to you guys, which is super fun, but also to do my little part in making sure that folks know about these great businesses. They're all listed there on that page. It's where I list companies that are really near and dear to my heart. One, by the way, is Azure Standard. It's a family-owned company. If you haven't heard of them, please check them out. I'll have a link at that page, solelyrested.com slash coupons. Azure Standard specializes in delivering quality natural foods across the country. And they've recently, this is what really gets me excited, they recently expanded their delivery reach for the first time ever into New England, where I am in little rural parts of New England. So I've included a link that you can go to on that coupons page and put in your zip code and find out if they deliver to your area. And now let's bring Kate on and get the show on the road. I'm Michelle Visser, author of Sweet Maple and creator of the blog and YouTube channel Solely Rested, because sometimes the only rest you can find is in your soul. Welcome back to the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast, where we talk about how to simplify our lives in the midst of modern day life, one step at a time. Let's do this together. So I am so excited to have Kate with me today of Venison for Dinner. Kate and Marius, plus their four kids, soon to be five, live on um, an awesome homestead. I believe it's 34 acres. Is that right, Kate? And your homestead is in Canada, to be specific, Northern British Columbia? Northern British Columbia, yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, you probably know to us in America, we just say Canada, and that's just kind of the whole (laughs) big blob, (laughs) but we can be specific. Um, So Kate raises all of her family's meat and dairy and a large portion of vegetables. 
So obviously her content is a lot of great cooking and whole food and homesteading and cold climate gardening, even colder than mine here in New England. And then Kate throws in lots of great stuff about parenting and homeschooling. So you are just a plethora of really fun, great information. So first of all, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. That was quite the fun intro. I need to like write that down to update my <laughs> intro on my blog or something. There you go. Well, actually, my first question for you was going to be to tell me like what people who know you and already follow you, what they would say about you. They probably wouldn't give that whole spiel I just gave, but maybe like an elevator pitch about Kate. They would say that I'm not afraid to say the things people are afraid to say. Mm-hmm. Very good point. See, I didn't put that in there. That should go in there. And I, there's so many topics that people shy around. And while I don't touch things like politics, there's just so many topics to do with parenting and farming and marriage that I think need to be talked about. Otherwise, how are we ever going to learn more? And good point. And you, you threw in the idea of marriage too. You cover that too. I mean, Marius, I think he's even more shy than Bill and we don't see a whole lot of Marius on like your Instagram, but I see more of him recently. Yes. Yes. He is more and more. And he started doing YouTube videos. He has a GoPro and it's quite funny. Some of the videos to start were like two hours of footage that I got maybe like 10 minutes of usable (laughs) footage out of. I love it. But he's learning and he's doing a great job. And um, one thing that I do online is I have a membership and he actually shows up a lot in my membership because he's really cool with being there Mm -hmm. in a smaller audience. He's just not as cool with a big audience. Gotcha. That makes sense. It makes total sense. And also for me, I noticed that Bill was a little more okay with showing his face and saying something once in a while, like over on my Instagram stories, when he realized, like it took him a long time to realize this actually is kind of a gig. Like there's a little something to this. It's not just Michelle being social, you know? <laughs> we were just talking about that last night to uh, Marius and I mm-hmm. about the fact that when he realized like, Oh, this wasn't just like Kate wasting her time on her phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's actually a thing. And people ask for more of Marius. I love they it. They want to see more of him. I know it's the same way for Bill. Like I think that whenever I, include him in an actual post on my feed, it always gets more people looking and sharing and wanting to know more. And I'm like, huh, people actually are interested. You're more interesting than I am, you know? (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Okay. So what about the people that have been following you for years? Is there anything you could share that they just would have no idea? Is that even possible? Because I know you're so transparent. And you really are, you're out there and you're just sharing your day and your thoughts on a daily basis. But is there any, even something just goofy that probably nobody knows? So the interesting thing about the transparency is the topics I choose to be public about, I am very transparent about. Mm -hmm. But the topics that I choose are private to my family. You won't hear me say it, boo, about them. Mm, Good point. Because there is areas of our house, of our family, of our lifestyle, of our history that either I've decided are not public or they're not fully my story to share. Hmm. And I have to respect others within that, that they don't want their story shared. So I can't share my part of it either. That's a great way to put it, Kate. You always put things such a nice way that I, I have. However, I will, I will say that recently 
I don't roll my carcass out of bed till almost 8 a.m. And I'm an early bird. Uh-huh. Days. And it's like almost embarrassing to admit that I sleep in that long because I used to be like a 5.30, 6 a.m. wake up person. Uh-huh. But these days I need all the sleep. Well, I was going to say, this is because you're eight months. Are you eight months pregnant now? Yeah, or more, somewhere in there. Yeah. I'm doing At about a month. Okay. And of course, this is the time of the recording. So who knows, by the time this actually is published, maybe you'll have had the baby. So fingers crossed. <laughs> now you're not telling if it's a boy or girl or you choose to not find out. Am I right? We don't find out at all. We love same, the surprise. Same thing with me, Kate. I had four girls and each time I insisted I needed not knowing so I could get through the labor. Like it really helped me the day of labor to focus and I don't know, get through it. Why do you choose not to know? So we found out with our second because he was high risk and I had an amniocentesis. So we had something like 14 ultrasounds that pregnancy. And I decided, we decided that we were going to find out by accident. So let's just find out. So we knew he was a boy and it didn't change anything for us. We never called him a boy in utero. He was still the baby. We never settled on a name beforehand. We didn't announce a name. We didn't get monogrammed receiving blankets. It never changed anything for us. Um, It was still just the baby. Mm -hmm. So we decided that for us, it was more fun to have that surprise at the end because it didn't change. It didn't mean like we did a blue nursery or whatever. Right. We still went on the same way we were going. Right. That's awesome. Well, I have to say, I completely agree with you. I I don't get the whole reveal thing. I, I never wanted to know until I was holding the baby. So I stand on the same side as you on this issue. <laughs> and honestly, my last two were girls and I thought they were boys because their parts were so swollen. <laughs> they were, when they're born, lift their legs. Oh, another boy. And they're like, mm, look again. Oh, and that's another point. Part. <laughs> you could never know for sure. Although I have to admit you, you actually piqued my curiosity. And I thought you were going to tell us in that YouTube video not long ago. And I actually, actually watched to find out that it wasn't a kitten. (laughs) Even my sister-in-law said she was watching it and she was like, oh, she's not going to tell us, but man, is she going to tell us? Is she going to tell us? Then she got to the end. She was like, I knew she would not tell us, but I just, just in case she did. Well, right before you didn't tell, I thought you were going to tell even then, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, okay. I honestly don't know. That's awesome. That's exciting. Well, we all are eager to find out. Okay, so I'm gonna pause my interview with Kate for just a minute to remind you of a few things. First of all, as with any episode, you can go to the show notes to find more information, like links to things that we're mentioning. You can easily find the show notes if you go to solelyrested.com slash podcast, click on this episode, and then click on show more. And in addition to that, even if you don't wanna go to the show notes, show notes. (laughs) Definitely take a second to hop over to solelyrested.com slash create, because that is going to be my wheelhouse for this whole season. I'm going to be adding to that page every single episode. All of the great information that I gather talking to some really inspirational people, giving us glances into behind the scenes and giving us insight into how to be a successful content creator. I'm going to put it all there on that page, solelyrested.com slash create. So anything that we reference that you want to know more about, you'll probably find a link to 
over there. And finally, as always, make sure to check out solelyrested.com slash coupons where you will find all of the recent up-to-date really great specials on things that I use every day and that I love, including the Solely Rested swag. So go check it out. So how, if you are just meeting somebody new, you're in town and start a conversation, how do you describe what you do? That's a good point. Um, so I don't meet many new people these days, the whole pandemic thing. Well, true. I wasn't even, you know, honestly, Kate, I'll be honest. I'll be totally honest. I forget about it because I am so reclusive and we live so rurally. Yeah. And our little town really has barely been impacted. I just, until I go get in the car and drive 45 minutes away to the real town, like I forget. <laughs> so What's really changed for us is since my husband's been home full time since July is that I don't go to town unless it's an errand I have to do. He does all the errands Mm -hmm. because he doesn't mind going to town Mm -hmm. and I would rather stay home. Mm -hmm. So I go not very often. Like if I have to go for a midwife or chiropractor or something. Okay. But I guess (laughs) what, when people who we know already ask, like, what is this? How did you manage? Like, what even is this business that is now, why Marius quit his job. Mm-hmm. I tell them that basically it's a mentorship. It's an online mentorship that people pay a monthly subscription to. And I teach on all sorts of topics to do with all things homemade. Okay. So you don't even get into the, do you describe yourself as an influencer or a content creator discussion? So sometimes I'll tell people, they'll, I'll be like, you know, those people who like YouTube is their full-time job now. I'm one of those people because they seem to understand that better. Yes. Because most people who watch YouTube know someone who managed to make it their full-time gig. Right. And so I say, we're those crazy people who managed to make YouTube and such our full-time business. Right. And of course, most people on YouTube, unless they have huge followings, really aren't making much money from it. But the average person doesn't quite understand the difference. And that's enough explanation for them. But yeah, I really don't actually make that much from YouTube. Yeah, it's it's a crazy, it's a crazy genre that, yeah. But your mentorship is a whole different story. Like, I think anybody, tell me if you disagree, but anybody who would call themselves a content creator, they really have to have multiple streams of revenue it's very seldom that it's just one thing that does it for them. For sure. And we are in the position right now that my membership, our insiders club is pretty much our full-time business. Mm -hmm. I make very little from the blog and very little from YouTube. I'm working on growing those because I need to have more diverse streams of income. There's a little bit of affiliate income, this and that, but it is primarily our membership. Okay. So at what point did you realize that you, or maybe all along, was it your goal? Like, when did you realize you wanted to monetize and how did you decide how to do it? And by the way, it's hard when you're talking to somebody else who does the same kind of thing to not just throw away jargon words, but maybe I should explain. To monetize simply means to be able to create the content that you love creating, to be able to educate or inform others, yet figure out some way that it's earning you at least a few dimes, you know, it's never, it's very seldom it's earning you a lot of money, but at least some way that you can share your content and earn a little bit of profit. So at what point did you realize 
that you wanted to do that and monetize what you were doing? I think, were you, were you mainly on Instagram? Would you say that was your biggest platform? I started with a blog okay. 11 years ago. And it was something I kind of just did as productive procrastination, I would call it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're supposed to be doing other things, but this is more fun to do. Mm-hmm. And I tried to monetize it after a year or two. Didn't really get anywhere with that. A few years down the road, I tried to monetize again, being more regular with my posting, trying to up my game with photos and, you know, make, putting words on my photos to make it look more legit. And um, I was with an MLM, but it didn't turn out to be a good fit for me. I have nothing against that MLM. Other people have done terrific with it. It just wasn't the right fit for me. I was spending too much time to no gain and it was really frustrating to Marius. And it kind of just needed to be that I needed to cool my jets on all things online and focus on my family because I didn't have the bandwidth to do all of it. So that was probably seven years ago. And at that point I joined Instagram and I had so much fun on Instagram. I love Instagram. It is great, isn't it? Do you so good? Do you feel like, I mean, are you on Facebook much at all? Not really. I, I'm mostly there for my membership and for online swap and shop groups. Yes. I think for groups, it's fantastic. And I go on there because I do have people that want to follow my content that don't have an Instagram account, you know, so I will go on Facebook some, but comparing the two Instagram is just so much an easier platform to really connect with people and to quickly you know, get to know a person and they can ask you a question quickly. And it seems to be a lot more of interactive features, like on stories and things, you know? So I don't know. Is that what you love about Instagram too? For sure. Facebook Mm -hmm. has so much noise. Yes. So my youngest child is just about two. And soon after she was born, I decided that I was going to make the leap and I was going to start a YouTube channel because I need to figure out how to make this hobby pay for itself. I had a blog that was still hanging out there and I just kind of called it my online recipe box. And I decided that I was going to figure out how to make this work. And I knew that to do that, I needed to treat it like a business in terms of putting in regular hours and figuring out strategies, you know, what was worth my time, what wasn't worth my time. And I had a goal of in five years, it was going to be well monetized and Marius was going to quit his job. He kind of was like, that's cool. Keep going. But you know, I'm just going to keep working here too. Right. (laughs) Your dream isn't paying our bills. Yeah. And it was last year in about April or May, 2020 that someone said, you know, why don't you go on Patreon? You should join Patreon. YouTube was making me, you know, maybe $100, $200 a month. But I looked at Patreon and it didn't seem like a right fit for me because there wasn't a lot of control over the content. And I'm a control freak. Mm -hmm. But it spurred me into looking at how could I do that same sort of thing from the website I already owned. Mm -hmm. And so... I decided to kind of make a bit of a plan and try it out. And at that point I had 
a virtual assistant who was also a virtual assistant for Homesteaders of America, mm -hmm. who has a membership. So she was help, able to help me set it up and guide me on how to work it and do it. And I figured if 20 people signed up for my membership, it was a success to me that like, if I could, my first launch was 20 signups, I was going to be stoked. My first launch was, I think over 200 signups. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. Kate. No, it was more, it was 300. Cause I said to Mary's, I said, if I get 200 signups, you can work part-time. If I get 400 signups, you can quit your job. And I got over 300. Huh. And I was like, you know what? We got enough in our savings account. I think you should give notice and we should figure out how to make this work. Good it, for you. Maybe the first year is going to be rough, but we're going to figure this out. And he didn't, it took me, so, it took some convincing. He was like, you, you like, you really think you can really make this work? And I'm showing him the numbers and I'm explaining it and I'm explaining the excitement. And it took him a bit to be convinced. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so. It's, it's, it's confusing for one thing. And it's also something that, I don't know, you do want to hold back from putting all your eggs in that basket. Cause it seems like it's not reliable. I, I understand. Totally. Yeah. So one, okay, here's a, something that nobody who follows me knows is we are debt free hundred mm. percent. Wow. I so, actually just got chills because Wow. That's fantastic. So the fact that we are debt-free also gave us the freedom because we had some buffer in savings. We had no debt or payments. So that gave us the freedom to try out venison for dinner as a full-time business. Whereas if we had a lot of debt, we would not have been able to do that. Mm-hmm. Very good point. You are, you're giving us lots of tips. I mean, in fact, I'm going to, I was trying to sketch some notes here because I'm going to run down to, to summarize what Kate has taught us. <laughs> <laughs> like, first of all, regular hours. It's so important to be consistent and to treat it like a job. I agree. And then to really figure out strategies and what's worth your time, because there are going to be some things that everyone else is doing that you decide isn't worth your time. And that's something you need to figure out for sure. So um, one thing that a lot of people do that doesn't work for me is long-term set mm -hmm. content calendars. Like people mm -hmm. will be like, I'm figuring out my Instagram content for the next month. And I'm like, what? Isn't I am with you on it? that too. I'm, I'm just winging so it. What with am I on that? Because I would get bored and I'd look at the calendar. I'd be like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But whatever's happening in real life is what's more interesting to me. So I'm totally with you. Um, exactly. I don't create point. any sort of social media content calendars. It's all winging it. Mm -hmm. And I almost bristle at being boxed in that way too. I was just going to say, I think it comes down to a personality type. I don't study personality types. I don't know if you do. I don't know what it would equate to, but I think it comes down to a personality thing and a control freak. I, I feel like in some crazy way, that's not being as in control. Does that make sense at all to your brain? Because it makes sense to my brain. So what's interesting is with Enneagram, I am a type two, which is a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I don't like setting what I'm going to do almost goes against that people pleaser. Okay. I didn't know you and I had so many things in common because I am so much a people pleaser as well. Wow. That's really interesting. So we're kind of a conundrum. 
in this yeah. regard. Huh. There you go. Wow. So well, All right, convinced so- Marius. Mm-hmm. I have to tell this story. I don't know if I've told this one online. So he got well, wait a minute. First of all, how did you get away before? I don't think when I asked you early on when we started talking to tell me something that your followers don't know. Did you tell me something then? Oh, that I now sleep in till eight o'clock, even though I'm oh, a professed early bird. Okay. Okay. And then you left this other one out of the bag that you're debt free, which is so exciting. And now what do we not know about Marius? So he had said he was going to give notice, but he wasn't giving notice. And he had said he was going to give notice by this certain date so that he was off work by, you know, two weeks later. And he wanted to give lots of notice. He didn't want to leave his boss hanging. He wanted to leave. He didn't want to burn bridges. He wanted to leave it on a good note. And, you know, it just kept every week. Have you given notice yet? Nope. Have you given notice yet? Nope. And it was, I, you know, bringing it up always led to an argument (laughs) or a heated disagreement. So he gets a text from a buddy one day. Hey, in October, we're going hunting in this place. Do you want to come with us? And he says to me, hey, can I go on this hunting trip? And I said, well, how will you do that when you're supposed to be working? And he was like, oh. Hmm." (laughs) And that was one, it was at night when he had, when he had got that text. And the next morning, I was venting to a friend via text. I was frustrated about why he was, you know, just putting off giving notice. And she said, have you prayed about it? And I was like, oh, slice the humble pie there. (laughs) No, no, I haven't. (laughs) It's crazy sometimes the big events in life that I forgot to pray about. I'm with you. And I'm like, I can't believe I didn't. Yeah. Okay. So So I just pray for God to lead Marius when it was the right timing. Mm -hmm. And I was going to leave it at that. 15 minutes later, Marius texts me that he's given notice. Ah, I love stories like this. And so, I mean, there was the push of the hunting trip, but also the point where you realize like you just need to give it over yep. that this, you're not in control of this. Absolutely. And, and when I did that 15 minutes later, he texts that he's given notice. That's awesome. And, you know, not only realizing that you're not in control, but also realizing that sometimes God does let you take the wheel and let you learn some lessons, you know, and how awesome when you totally let him be the one guiding the timing of things like that, because it's always so much better than when I'm trying to control it. That's awesome. Man plans, God laughs. Absolutely. If you want, I believe the Jewish proverb is if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Oh, there you go. That works too. <laughs> okay. So back to my list. So, okay. Have regular hours and take it seriously. Come up with strategies and only do what's worth your time. You also pointed out to set timing goals, to set real numbers, to decide certain facts like your, your success would be 20 people and you, that you figured out that number, I'm sure in a quite a mathematical way of what that would mean for you economically, you know? Um, and then I'm a numbers person for sure. Math okay. is my brain. Okay. There is one way I completely disagree with you. I am so much a language arts girl that I kind of have trouble with like four times eight. So <laughs> I just recently told, taught Mary's a trick to his nine times tables because <gasps> I, I was doing tricks. something and I was like, what is I'm like, 54 is, you know, nine times six, right? And he starts counting up. And I'm like, well, five and four is nine. So yes, it's right. And he's like, huh? I'm like, well, nine times anything up to nine times 10. If you add the numbers together, you get nine. So like nine times nine is 81. 
nine times two is 18. Those numbers added together always equal nine. Yes. And, and he awesome. was like, I have never grasped, grasped my nine times tables until now. Yeah. It's an awesome thing being a homeschool mom. Cause I never knew that until I was teaching my daughter's multiplication. And it's such a cool thing that you get to learn these awesome little tricks that maybe you didn't know until you're an adult. <laughs> totally. So I actually had to outsource teaching my kids math because my brain works too fast in math and I can't teach oh, them math. And you weren't they patient do, enough with them. huh? I wasn't patient enough. They do take uh-huh. teaching textbooks and it's working well. That's cool. Very good. And I love total side note going on a rabbit trail. I love how much you share on Instagram and probably other places. Just I, that's where I usually connect with you, your parenting and, and how you get the kids to do chores and how you decide what snacks are good. And when they're having snacks and so many things like that, I love that you're sharing all that stuff. Thank you for doing that. I think it's a sort of normal things that you need to hear from someone else. Even if you're doing it yourself already, just hearing that you're not an odd person to, you know, limit your kids snacks because you want them to eat the full meal next time. Right. It's some people think that they're being a bad parent because no one else around them does that. Right. But when you hear it from other people, it helps you feel less like a definitely definitely but i'd also argue kind of on the other side for those people who might be listening because they're interested in what it's like to be a content creator and how you do it i would also strongly advise anybody who's starting on this journey to realize that something that seems totally mundane and normal to you like of course my kids only have one snack or they only have this kind you know that it's not something maybe other people have even thought through and to just share the logic that you have of how you make this choice can be something like life-changing and really cool for somebody when you think, oh, it's just a mundane thing I do every day. So here's something you can add to your notes. I get asked on a fairly regular basis, how do I build my Instagram account? How do I create the engaged following that you have? Mm Mm-hmm. I think you need to share things people want to reshare. Things that are so little in your life that may seem like no big deal to you that are just little things that help people in life. Like I'm sitting in my bathroom right now. We have a five gallon bucket in our bathroom. Our water takes a long time to get hot water out of the shower. So we always fill up a five gallon bucket because we pay for water. We fill up a five gallon bucket while the shower's heating up and we use that to flush a toilet. Mm-hmm. Some like little tips like that, that when you share something like that, people want to reshare or a little recipe, people want to share it and tag you. And it just organically spreads your name. Definitely. And that's a great point. Or, you know, even when you have, you might have a nice picture on your feed because you care about the overall look of how your pictures look when people go to your page but you can have a second thing that you're swiping to that has this great tip or this great quote or whatever. And then people can share it that way. Mm-hmm. So good point. And by the way, just to back up a second, cause Kate just nonchalantly shared with everybody she's in her bathroom. We might want to explain <laughs> why you're in your bathroom. It, my kids are downstairs and it's loud. And this was the quietest room, my ensuite. So I'm hiding in here recording okay. a podcast. But you're not in there for the typical reason one goes into that no, room I'm, because I'm that sitting would be a little weird. <laughs> no. Okay. I'm so, just sitting on the floor. Okay. I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that because I didn't want any weird, you know, thoughts going around anybody's mind. Yeah. <laughs> so back to our list. Okay. Um, to be creative. I love what you pointed out that Patreon didn't work for you. 
And like me, you're a control freak. So you decided, how can I do the idea of Patreon, but use what I have and what I want to work with? So great point to be creative and not think you have to do it one certain way. And I love, go ahead. From a numbers perspective, Patreon mm -hmm. takes a cut mm -hmm. and then it runs through PayPal, which also takes a cut. Mm -hmm. So someone who has a bottom tier $5 a month isn't getting $5 a month. Yes. They're getting PayPal takes a cut, Patreon takes a cut, and then they're maybe getting $354. Exactly. Now, do you still have to go through PayPal though, don't you, for your membership? I still go through PayPal because okay. it is good protection for me and my members. Yes. And it's it's easy to use and so secure. So yeah. So you're losing that cut, but at least you're not using losing the Patreon cut. It's not a huge cut when it's mm -hmm. just one thing. Right. But yes, it's a cut you have to <coughs> account for when you're pricing. Definitely. And, and the point that before you get started on this to give yourself as much financial freedom as you can, if it's possible to relieve yourself of other debts, then you're more likely to be able to explore different options as a content creator. So, or use your income mm -hmm. to aggressively pay down your debt whether it's a $5 affiliate payment you get mm -hmm. or, you know, a $500 sponsored post, which mm -hmm. I actually haven't had before, but <laughs> either way to be committed to this extra income, paying down your debt. Good point. Even before this extra income can become a real income for you, do what you just said, and then you're going to have more freedom to explore it as an actual job and income. Good point. Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay, you, whether you were in the heart of your real office or on the bathroom floor, have exposed so much knowledge and details. I am so thankful you joined us today. Um, any final tips, information, anything you'd like to share? Oh, oh, wait a minute. First of all, tell everybody how they can find you anywhere that you want them to find you. I'm venison for dinner everywhere. Okay. So I'm venison for dinner on Facebook. I'm venison for dinner on Instagram. I'm venison for dinner on YouTube. Um, my membership is closed for signups right now. It's not always open. It'll be open again in May. Okay. And the reason for it actually not being open all the time, there's two reasons. Number one, it's a lot of administration when it's always open. So to be constantly in that administration is overwhelming. Mm -hmm. But also, if you were looking at doing this sort of thing yourself, the scarcity of having it closed is good marketing. In Definitely. terms of like, it's only going to be open for a week and Definitely. then it's not open again till May. People have to decide, do I want now or do, am I going to wait till May? Yeah. It makes them take that plunge and be committed. And I feel silly here. I am ready to wrap up. If you have a few more minutes and you want to explain to us how the membership works, that would be a really great thing. Cause I know most people don't understand what that means. So you're charging a certain amount and what are you giving in exchange for that? So every month in my insiders club, we have a focus from cheese making to butchering to um, soap making, home apothecary, fermenting. We've covered all sorts of different things. Every month I have a focus and there's always a few recipes, YouTube video. Um, I have an exclusive Instagram story feed too for all my insiders. Mm -hmm. And I'll cover more of those sort of things in the Instagram feed as well. And that's a great thing. Explain how that works. So there's a close friends feature on Instagram. Do you know this? I do. So when you join my membership, you're when you sign in, you're given passwords to join the Facebook group 
and to message me on Instagram with the password. So I add you to the close friends list. Yes. And this close friends list shows more in-depth things, things I don't necessarily want to share with everybody or sneak peeks. Um, I don't normally share when I'm actually due, but my insiders all know because they're all in a baby pool bed on when the baby will be born. Okay. That's fun. Very fun. So this feature of close friends is obviously not something Instagram created to be kind of like a Facebook group situation, but you can definitely use it in that way. Yeah. And more and more people are doing so. And I suggest it to people too, when they're doing this sort of thing, I suggest that they do this because people love it. If they're, if they found you through Instagram and they enjoy your Instagram stories, they're going to want more Instagram stories. Mm-hmm. There's people who join just to get extra Instagram stories because they enjoy being in my space on a daily basis. Hmm, That's a fun point. That's great. Okay. So I think now I'm ready for my final drum roll, please. Any final (laughs) tips, words of encouragement, anything like that coming from Kate's bathroom. (laughs) My go-to closeout for as long as I can remember has been do the best you can with what you have. Hmm. We don't all have the same 24 hours. We don't, we aren't all dealt the same cards, but you can do the best you can with what you have. Great point. That's a great way to leave it. Well, thank you so much again, Kate, this has been so much fun and we'll have to do it again sometime. If you start up, you're starting up your own podcast. Yes. I'm working on it. I have some episodes recorded. I need to get, Marius is going to record my intro and outro. Oh, good for him. Introducing it. Mm -hmm. So I've got that all written. He just needs to record it. And then fingers crossed, we're going to try launching it. Awesome. Good for you. Well, I was going to say, have me on. We have to do this again. Sounds great. Okay. Well, thanks again. Have a great rest of your day, Kate. You too. Talk to you later. And now it's time to give a shout out to today's listener. By the way, if you have a second to go over to iTunes and leave a review for this podcast, I would love, love hearing from you. Give me some insight into what works for you and what you appreciate or like from the content that I create so that I can keep on doing exactly what you guys would like to hear. So today's listener is, (laughs) if I pronounce it the way it's spelled, Diener Beans, not Dinner Beans, but Diener Beans, and she left the sweetest review. She said, I love Michelle's podcast. The information is always interesting and informative. A huge benefit of the podcast during these turbulent times is Michelle's voice is so soothing that I feel far less stressed when I listen to the podcast. If you have an interest in homesteading, all things maple, kombucha, or just to relax, then this is the podcast for you. I'm a huge fan and highly recommend her book, Sweet Maple, as well as the kombucha course found at Solely Resting. What a sweet review. Thank you, Diener Beans. <laughs> Diener Beans. <laughs> um, and I hope you guys enjoyed this insight into Kate over at Venison for Dinner. I hope that you also, if you're looking for some inspiration, you found it today. And join me for the next episode in this exciting season. Catch you then, guys.